بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about the battle of Ajnadeen and how the forces of Amr ibn al-As defeated the Byzantines who were commanded by Theodore. Theodore was also known as Al-Artabon. Artabon, it means like a big commander. So when Al-Artabon and his Byzantine soldiers were defeated at Ajnadeen, they fled. The remaining soldiers of the army, they fled to Ilia or Al-Quds. They fled to Jerusalem and they fortified themselves behind the walls of Jerusalem. So Amr ibn al-As and his, farm, his army, they followed them and they surrounded Jerusalem. So the Byzantines now have gone behind the walls, locked themselves behind the walls of Jerusalem and now Amr ibn al-As and his army, they surrounded Jerusalem. And the army of Abu Ubaidah al-Jarrah also brought his army to support Amr ibn al-As. So now the army of Amr ibn al-As and the army of Abu Ubaidah, they're both there and they form a siege around Jerusalem. So now the Byzantines are trapped behind the walls of Jerusalem and they're not sure what to do now. Like, should we go out and fight? But if we go out and fight, we'll probably be defeated just like we were defeated at Ajnadeen. They were just defeated. So what makes them think that they can now go out and fight and, and be victorious? They were thinking that we're probably gonna lose again, just like we, we lost previously. So should we go out and fight or should we just surrender? So they were confused regarding what the best course of action would be. So Al-Urtabun, this commander, Byzantine commander, he decides to ask the scholars of the Christians of Jerusalem for advice. Some of the most knowledgeable scholars of Christianity, they were there in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, it's the most holy city for the Jews and also for the Christians. So the biggest scholars of the Christians, they were there in Jerusalem. So Al-Artabun, he decided to ask these, these local scholars of Al-Quds for advice. What should we do in this situation? Now these scholars of Jerusalem, these Christian scholars of Jerusalem, they're not Byzantines. Rather, they were Orthodox Christians. They were not Romans. Rather, they were Orthodox Christians and they were local to Jerusalem. So Al-Artabun and these Byzantine soldiers, they ask advice from these Orthodox Christian scholars. So these Orthodox Christian scholars of Jerusalem, they said they had knowledge of their scripture. They had knowledge of the Injil and the Torah. They had knowledge of these previous scriptures. So these Christian scholars, they said, it is mentioned in our own scriptures that we will lose control of Al-Quds. So this is going to happen for sure. We are going to lose Al-Quds. So it's better that we surrender peacefully instead of fighting. Because no matter what we do, whether we surrender, we're going to lose it. If we fight, we're also going to lose it. So that's guaranteed, we're going to lose it. So it's better to lose it without bloodshed. We should surrender. This is what the Christian scholars advised Al-Artabun. They also mentioned, these Christian Orthodox scholars also mentioned that our scriptures our scriptures tell us that we're going to lose Jerusalem 
And the scriptures also tell us who is the person who is going to take Jerusalem from us. On whose hand will this victory be? Who is going to take Jerusalem from us? They said it is a man. In our scriptures, it is a man. His name is Imr or Amr or Umar or something like this. They couldn't tell the exact pronunciation because these scriptures were very old and they had, had lost the knowledge of exactly how to pronounce this name. So they had the general spelling, but they didn't know exactly how the name is pronounced. They said it's something like Imar or Amar or something like that. So they decided to surrender. After taking this advice, they decided, okay, we will surrender. So the Christians, they send a message to Amr ibn al-As. Amr ibn al-As was the commander of the Muslim army around there. So they said, we're willing to surrender peacefully. But our scripture mentions that the person who will conquer our city is a man, is a man named Imr or Amr or Umar or something like that. So when we surrender the city and give the keys to the city, we will only personally give it to this man. We will not just give it to anyone. The man who is mentioned in our scripture, that is the man that we will surrender to and no one else. He needs to be here personally. So Amr ibn al-As, he said, my name is Amr, maybe it's me. So they said, okay, send us a note that has your name written so we can compare it. So he writes his name, Amr ibn al-As. And the name Amr, it is spelled Ain, Meem, Ra, Wow. It is pronounced Amr, but it is spelled like Amru. It's four letters. So when he sends this note with the, the name spelled out, Ain, Meem, Ra, Wow, they look at it and say, no, 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 this is not it. The name that we are looking for, it's a name that has three letters, not four letters. So it can't be you. So then it clicked in the mind of Amr ibn al-As. I know who it is. It is our Khalifa. It is Umar ibn al-Khattab. It is Umar. He is our leader. So then the Christians of Jerusalem, they say, okay, what is the description of this man? Give us a description of his physical characteristics. Tell us about him. So Amr ibn al-As, he explains about Umar ibn al-Khattab, his physical description, his characteristics. So they say, yes, this is him. This is the one that has been mentioned in our scripture. On his hand, Jerusalem is going to be taken from us. So they realized that it was actually Umar ibn al-Khattab. So they tell Amr ibn al-As now, okay, we're ready to surrender, but we will only surrender personally to Umar himself. He needs to come here and we will surrender to him. We will not surrender to anyone except him. Now Umar ibn al-Khattab, he's in Medina. So Amr ibn al-As now, he's not sure what to do. What should we do in this situation? Should we just fight and take Jerusalem by force? Or should we wait longer? Or what should we do? So Amr ibn al-As, he consults with Abu Ubaidah. Like, what should we do? What do you think? So Abu Ubaidah, he, he has a good idea. He says, you know, let's just send a message to Umar in Medina. And he can decide what he wants to do. If he wants to come or he commands us to just go and take it by force. Let's just give him the message and he can decide what he wants to do. So they send a message to Umar ibn Khattab in Medina, apprising him of the situation that the Christians of Jerusalem, they're willing to surrender peacefully, but only if you come personally, they will only give the keys of the city to you, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, and no one else. 
So Umar in Medina, upon receiving this message, he consults with his two most trustworthy advisors, Uthman ibn Affan and Ali ibn Abi Talib. What do you think? What do you think I should do? So Uthman an, he says, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, don't leave Medina. Don't leave Medina. If you leave Medina, that will be a danger for Medina. If our enemies come to know that our leader is gone, they may try to attack us or they might try to do something. It's a danger for Medina if you leave, so you need to stay here. This was the advice of Uthman ibn Affan. Ali radiallahu an, on the other hand, he gave a different advice. He said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, go and take Jerusalem. And also this is going to be an opportunity for you to see the situation of the armies of Asham. You haven't seen them personally for two years. You have been in Medina and you know, these, these armies have been fighting in different parts of Asham and you haven't been able to personally observe them for two years. So this is an opportunity for you to take Jerusalem and it's also an opportunity for you to see the situation of the armies. See if they need anything, see if they have any concerns, see if they have any needs. You can see this for yourself. This was the advice of Ali ibn Abi Talib So Umar an, he decided to take the advice of Ali ibn Abi Talib and he decided to set off for Jerusalem. And while he was gone from Medina, he appointed Ali ibn Abi Talib to take care of things in his absence. So Umar an, he sends word to the armies in the different parts of Sham. Some parts of the army are in uh, Philistine, some parts are in what is now Syria, right? The, the armies are scattered. So Umar an, he wanted to see these armies. So he decided to send a message to them to all convey together, to all come together uh, at a place called Al-Jabiyah, right? Al-Jabiyah. And the armies, they started arriving. The armies and the commanders started arriving at Al-Jabiyah so that Umar an could talk with them and see them and discuss things with them and see if they have any needs. So Umar an arrived first at Al-Jabiyah and then the commanders of the armies started coming in. The first one who arrived was Yazid. Ibn Abi Sufyan. Yazid ibn Abi Sufyan was the one who was appointed in charge of Damascus. Then Abu Ubaidah came. Then Khalid ibn Walid came and others came. Now all of these commanders, they're coming on, on horses and they are wearing Byzantine style armor. Right? They're wearing Byzantine style armor. Of course, you know, during all of these battles and stuff, they had collected, uh, you know, weapons and armor and all of these things from the Byzantine soldiers. So they were actually, these Muslim commanders were wearing Byzantine armor. And this Byzantine armor was not like the, the regular Muslim armor, right? The Byzantine armor was very fancy. It was metallic, of course, but it was infused and intertwined with silk as well. Right? So very premium stuff, very luxurious looking stuff. So what do you think would be Umar ibn Khattab reaction when he sees his commanders wearing this type of armor, this fancy stuff? He doesn't like this type of thing. So they came, he saw Yazid ibn Abi Sufyan and Abu Ubaidah wearing this type of armor. He got angry, he started throwing rocks at them. And he said, just two years and you have become like this? And then they said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, please let us explain. Let us explain why we're wearing it. And they explained the reason. They said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, when people see us wearing this type of armor, they get more scared of us. And they surrender very quickly. But when we were wearing the regular armor that we had, they're not as scared of us and you know, they want to fight and they don't surrender so easily. But when they see us wearing this, you know, it, it, it gives them more of a feeling of, 
of being very afraid of us. So they surrender quickly. So we see that, you know, wearing this, it's beneficial. That it actually uh, prevents bloodshed because people surrender quickly when they see us wearing this. So Umar radiallahu anhu agreed that this makes sense. This is actually something that is good for the people in general. That the, that, that the enemies are, are surrendering quickly when they see this. So he understood this and he accepted this. He said, okay, if this is the reason, then no problem. This is okay. So he meets with the army and the different soldiers and the commanders. He addresses their concerns. He asks them if they have any needs and he takes care of all of these things. So while Umar was here at Al-Jabiya with these commanders, they saw a small army heading their way from the direction of Jerusalem. A small army heading in their direction. So the Muslims who were there at Al-Jabiya, they thought like, what is this? Is this some kind of a surprise attack or something like this? Who are these people? Who is this small army that's coming towards us? So they drew their weapons ready to fight. But then Umar radiallahu anhu quickly realized that these people, this army that was coming, they were not coming to fight. Rather, they were coming in peace. It was a Christian delegation from Jerusalem who came to meet Umar ibn al-Khattab there at Al-Jabiya to negotiate the surrender of Jerusalem to Umar ibn al-Khattab. They just came to discuss the terms of the surrender. So they sat down, this, this Christian delegation, they sat down with Umar radiallahu anh and they discussed the terms of the surrender. And Umar radiallahu anh accepted their surrender, peaceful surrender. But he stipulated certain conditions. He granted the local Christians of Jerusalem safety. That, you know, these Orthodox Christians who are, who are living in Jerusalem, these local Christians, they can worship in their churches. No one will harm them. No one will bother them. But he also ordered that the Byzantines cannot stay in Jerusalem. They have to leave Jerusalem. And this shows the great insight of Umar ibn Khattab The Byzantines were still fighting against the Muslims. So if he allowed Byzantines to stay in Jerusalem, eventually maybe they would try to recoup their army together and they would try to revolt and they would try to take Jerusalem back again. So one of the conditions of the surrender, Umar radiallahu anh said that if you're going to surrender, we will accept it, but no Byzantine will be allowed to stay in Jerusalem. All the Byzantines have to be expelled. As for the local Christians, the Orthodox Christians, the non-Byzantine Christians, they can stay in Jerusalem, no problem. And even other Christians, if they want to come and stay in Jerusalem, they can stay in Jerusalem, no problem. But no Byzantines. Byzantines must all be expelled. He also made as a condition that no Jews can stay in Jerusalem. Jews must be not allowed to stay in Jerusalem. And this also shows the insight of Umar ibn Khattab And you know, we can see that insight now. He knew that if the Jews were able to stay in Jerusalem, you know, they would eventually plot to take over. He knew that that would happen. So he said that no Jew is allowed in Jerusalem. So the local Christians and other non-Byzantine Christians were allowed to stay in Jerusalem. Uh, but the Jews and the Byzantines were not allowed to stay in Jerusalem. As for those who were staying in Jerusalem, you know, the Orthodox Christians, they were ordered to pay the jizya and their lives and their properties and their rights would be protected. They just have to pay the jizya and they're under the protection of the Muslims. So these terms of this surrender were agreed upon by Umar radiallahu anh and the Christian delegation. So after these terms were agreed upon and they surrendered Jerusalem to Umar bin al-Khattab, Umar radiallahu anh headed to Jerusalem to actually go to Jerusalem and receive the keys of the city from the patriarch, from the Christian patriarch of Jerusalem. So now he's heading towards Jerusalem.
Now Umar radiallahu an, he was dressed very simply, even though he's, he's now one of the most powerful men in the world, if not the most powerful man in the world by this point. He was dressed very simply, right? And he's riding on his camel and he has one servant with him and he and his servant are taking turns on that camel, right? So the servant leads the camel and Umar is sitting on it for some time. Then they switch positions. Umar gets down, the servant gets up on the camel and Umar holds the, the rope of the camel and leads it forward. So they take turns doing this, right? Now when Umar was about to enter the city, when he got close to the city of Jerusalem and he's about to enter the city of Jerusalem, then it becomes the servant's turn to ride on the camel and Umar's turn to get down. Right when they're about to enter the city. So the servant, he, he realizes what's happening here and he thinks that, no, this is not appropriate. How can Umar... Amir al-Mu'minin, how can he enter as the conqueror of Jerusalem while I am sitting on his camel? I'm a servant, I'm sitting on his camel and he's, lead, he's walking, leading the camel in. The servant didn't think that this was appropriate, so the, the servant pleaded with Umar ibn al-Khattab, Ya Amir al-Mu'minin, I forfeit my turn. I will continue leading the camel, you sit on the camel. I don't need my turn. I give my turn to you. And Umar radiallahu anhu wouldn't hear it. He said no. Umar radiallahu anhu got down and he said, Irkab, this is an order from Amir al-Mu'mineen. Get on the camel. So the servant had no other choice. He didn't want to do it, but he had no other choice. And he sat on the camel as they were going to enter Jerusalem. So the servant is sitting on the camel and the Amir al-Mu'mineen, the one who has conquered Jerusalem, he is holding the ropes and walking in with the camel. So just as they were entering the city, there was also some mud at the entrance of the city. So Umar an, he's already walking and now there's some mud in front of him. He takes off his shoes. So he's holding his shoes in one hand and leading the camel with the servant on top of it with the other hand and that is how he enters Jerusalem. That is how the conqueror of Jerusalem enters Jerusalem in this type of a state. So Abu Ubaidah, Al-Jarrah radiallahu anhu, one of the great commanders and one of the great companions of the Prophet sallallahu When he saw Umar radiallahu anhu about to enter Jerusalem in such a way with, you know, th these type of simple clothes, holding his shoes in one hand, you know, holding the rope of the camel in one hand with the servant on top of the camel. When Abu Ubaidah saw this, he said to Umar bin Khattab, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, if you enter the city like this and the people, the Christians of Jerusalem, you know, the patriarch of Jerusalem and these, these uh, you know, orthodox scholars of the Christians of Jerusalem, if they see this, if they see you enter like this, maybe it will be an embarrassment for you and for the Muslims. Abu Ubaidah said this. So Umar radiallahu anhu was very disappointed to, to hear this. And he said, لَوْ غَيْرَكَ قَالَهَا يَا أَبَا عُبَيْدَةِ if, if, if only someone else instead of you said this, يَا أَبَا عُبَيْدَةِ I wouldn't expect this type of statement from you, يَا أَبَا عُبَيْدَةِ Maybe someone else I can understand might say something like that. But you, I didn't expect this from you, Ya Aba Ubaidah. And then he said some very beautiful words. He said, He said, we are a people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gave us honor, He gave us izzah, He gave us respect through Islam. So if we try to seek honor and respect through anything other than Islam, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will humiliate us. 
I don't need to wear fancy clothes to impress people. Our honor, it all comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He has given us this honor through Al-Islam. So Abu Ubaidah understood this and he let this go. So now Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anh, as the conqueror of Jerusalem, he enters the city. He enters the city and the Christian scholars and the priests, they see this man that they had been awaiting, the man who is mentioned in their own scriptures, that he is the one on whose hand Jerusalem is going to be conquered. He enters the city and they see him and they're blown away by his simplicity. They realize, subhanAllah, this is a man whose heart contains nothing of this dunya. He's so powerful, yet he doesn't care about the dunya at all. Look at him. So they respected that. They saw that and they respected that. They were so impressed and amazed by him that they said, Yes, this is a person for the likes of this man. It is deserving that Al-Quds should be surrendered to someone like him. So the patriarch of Jerusalem, Sophronius, he invited Umar ibn Khattab to meet with him at the church of Holy Sepulchre. That is the holiest church to the Christians. It still remains, according to the Christians, the holiest church for them in the world. So Umar he met with Sophronius there, the patriarch of Jerusalem, the head of the Christians, the Orthodox Christians in Jerusalem. He met with him in that church and he was given the keys to the city. He was officially given the keys to Jerusalem. And while he was there in the church speaking with Sophronius, the time for Salat al-Dhuhr came. So Sophronius, he said, you can pray here. You can pray in the church, no problem. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he appreciated this gesture, but he said, no, I don't want to pray here because I don't want it to happen later on that maybe some Muslims will say, Umar ibn al-Khattab prayed here. So we have to make this place a masjid and I'm, you know, I don't want them to tear down the church and, and build a masjid here because I prayed here. So he refused to pray there. He left the church and he went to an open area of land not far away from the church and he prayed Salatul Dhuhr outside over there. And later on, later on, a masjid was built on that site where Umar ibn al-Khattab prayed. That masjid is still standing there today in Jerusalem. It is known as Masjid Umar ibn al-Khattab. So then Umar radiallahu he wanted to build a masjid there in Jerusalem. So he asked Sophronius, he said, suggest to me a place. Where is a, a good place where I can build a masjid? And Sophronius said to him, you know, there's a, there's a good area that you can build your masjid nearby the rock where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Ya'qub alayhi salam. And Umar radiallahu anhu realized that the rock that Sophronius was talking about, it's the same rock where our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, where he ascended to the heavens on the night of Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he went to that area where that rock was and he found it, it was surrounded by rubble. It was, it was surrounded by a lot of rubble. So Umar radiallahu anhu himself and the other companions who were with him, they cleared up all of that rubble. They, they physically lifted it and they cleaned up that area. And Umar radiallahu anhu, he built a small masjid nearby that rock. And about 60 years later, about 60 years later, Qubbatul Sakhra, the, the dome of the rock masjid, was constructed in that same general area during the period of the Umawi Khalifa 
Abdul Malik ibn Marwan, rahimahullah. Right? And the Dome of the Rock Masjid, Qubbat al-Sakhra, it remains one of the most beautiful buildings in the world. Right? If you, if you see a picture of Jerusalem, that is what is going to stand out to you, Qubbat al-Sakhra, that Dome of the Rock. Beautiful, beautiful building with amazing history, right? In an amazing city. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala return it and all of Palestine to the hands of the Muslims. So when Umar ibn Khattab عن, completed his work in Jerusalem, Alhamdulillah, the conquest is complete. The peaceful surrender of the Christians to the Muslims is complete. Alhamdulillah. When Umar عن, was, was ready to go back to Medina, some of the companions who were there with Umar عن, they said, Ya Amir al muminin amongst us here is Bilal radiallahu anhu. Bilal radiallahu anhu, the mu'addin of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was part of those, those armies in Sham. So he was present in Jerusalem as well. So some of the companions requested Umar radiallahu anhu, Ya Amir al muminin tell Bilal to give the adhan. This is such a great occasion, conquering this city. It's one of the great events in the history of Islam. Jerusalem is the third holiest city in Islam. It's such an, it's such an amazing occasion. So Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, tell Bilal. Tell Bilal to call the adhan. So Umar radiallahu an, he approached Bilal. Now Bilal radiallahu an, since the death of his Habib, his beloved, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Bilal didn't give any adhan after that. He couldn't do it. It was just too, too difficult for him to give adhan after the Prophet ﷺ passed away. So he hasn't given adhan for years now. But Umar he approaches him and he says, Ya Bilal, adhin. Ya Bilal, call the adhan. This is a great day. This is a great occasion. Call the adhan, Ya Bilal. And then Bilal said, I haven't called the adhan for anyone since Rasulullah ﷺ. But if you order me, your Amir al-Mu'mineen, if you, if you order me to do it, I will do it. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he says, yes, Ya Bilal, please do it. So Bilal, after many years of not calling the adhan, now he calls the adhan in Jerusalem. Bilal radiallahu anhu, he had the honor of calling the adhan for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in Medina. When Mecca was conquered, Bilal radiallahu anhu, he called the adhan in Mecca. And now Quds has been conquered. Now he has the honor to call the adhan in Al-Quds in Jerusalem as well. So Bilal, after years of not calling the Adhan, he calls the Adhan in Jerusalem. His voice echoes throughout the city. And this is an Adhan that has not been heard since the time of the Prophet ﷺ. There were so many Sahaba عنهم, present in Jerusalem that day. And hearing Bilal called the Adhan, it just took them back in time. It just took them back in time and it flooded their hearts with memories of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So all of them cried, hearing the adhan of Bilal, they all cried, remembering the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Their beards became drenched and soaked, dripping with tears. Umar radiallahu anhu himself, he cried so much hearing the adhan of Bilal radiallahu anhu. He cried so much that other companions had to go to him and give him condolences. They had to console him. Right? That was their love and their longing for the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this is the amazing story of the first conquest of Al-Quds. Ardul Anbiya, the land of the Prophets, it is a city. It is a city that there is no inch in that city that has not been previously walked upon by a Prophet or Messenger of Allah.
Ardul Anbiya, the land of the prophets. And this is the story of how it was conquered at the hands of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with Umar radiallahu anhu and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala return al-Quds to the Muslims once again. Ameen. Barakallahu feekum. Wallahu a'lam. Sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.